Welcome back to C3. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Jordan. Grab a cocktail and have a seat while we talk about some crime and our crippling depression. Danielle's in his house again. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) We're recording downstairs because we just got her a Blackstone for Christmas. Period. And we're drinking... Sipping cream. Appalachian sipping cream. It's the peanut butter flavor. Um, And we mixing it with some of the Mozart chocolate cream liquor. Shit We're slaps. lit. Did you hear that little cling? That'll be fifty dollars. Um, ASMR. <laughs> what? We don't even have a theme today. We're just kind of doing what we want to do. Cause... I went for claustrophobia, so I think I nailed it. Period. I have two different things to read. I don't remember who even goes first. I mean, I'll go for it. Fuck um, it. I'll rip the bandaid off. Cool. So, who's giving you? What's giving you cribbing depression today? I don't even have to say who, but like, what? Uh. Honestly, at this point, the fact that I broke my nail this week, but it's already fixed because I got a new one put on, so. ASMR, another $50. Thank you. I'm sorry for the unpleasant noise in the microphone, but the fucking peanut butter gasoline hit my throat harder than I wanted it to. Um, We're just giving you extra chest hair. Yeah, another, yeah, additional money for the ASMR that Jordan just gave everybody. <laughs> for me, it's the fact that there's a subset of people on TikTok. <laughs> That think I know this is about to be crazy. They have telekinesis, <laughs> but in the videos they have these little fucking triangles. Are they tin foil? Tin foil. Yeah, setup. you breathe near that and, and it'll fucking go flying. They're going, and it's moving. <laughs> Not the no noise. <laughs> so, he gave the full reenactment, <laughs> and it's moving. And no shit, you made it aerodynamic. So it would catch wind, and you're throwing wind at it. And this one girl on TikTok, she was just like, no one can tell me I'm not meant for this and what to do with my spiritual abilities. And then she shows us an example of what it looks like with wind, and she's going at it, and it's flying all over the fucking place versus her one quick hand motion. She's like, see what it lo- the difference between when it gets hit with wind and it gets hit with energy and someone in the comments was like wow so you mean when it gets hit with energy it get hit it gets hit with a not constant less concentrated little blast of wind so it still fucking moves <laughs> can't handle it lift a chair with that shit and then we can talk <laughs> throw chairs with your telekinesis and then, and then come at me and then haul at me also after a very long 11 day break mg has made a return i have never been so excited to see my lord and savior back and i am she made lit. she's making some fire music everybody uh, it's so good Call at her and then the only other thing giving me crippling depression is the fact that people vibe with getting caught in 4k and, and then just literally just keep lying yeah <laughs> pics are didn't happen there's literally pics but go off but like that's not me <laughs> Sir, that's you. <laughs> Gotta love Anyways, the fucking narcissist. Gonna hand it off to Jordan for some claustrophobia, apparently. Hey, team. So I'm gonna be covering the Nutty Putty Cave incident. So Nutty Putty Cave is located in Utah, and it was first explored in 1960, which it quickly became famous with the spelunking crowd for its narrow and slippery passageways. It's basically kind of like it attracted a lot of people because it was for quote unquote beginners because it was easy to get into. But it excited the advanced people because of how tight and narrow some of the passages were. So it was really a challenge to get into. Every time, well, first of all, 
I don't want challenged by anything that has night tight and narrow passages. Second of all, anytime I hear a story about any type of fucking going diving in caves and it goes wrong or just cave mm-hmm. crawling shit and it goes wrong, I'm like, you signed up for that shit because yep. I could not. I would never. Yeah. So it actually was, this is really cool because I did end up looking like how the fuck is this shit even made? This one in particular was made by like water under the earth boiling. So the way that it boiled like melted basically like because it's all clay. That is So cool it like melted fog. the clay into these passageways. So not all of them actually lead to another spot. So keep in mind, it's claustrophobia central and it could technically lead nowhere. So depending on where you go, it's crazy. So if you go, whenever you get in through the beginning, you can either go left or right. To the right is where the birth canal is, which is where the person in our story is trying to get to. It's also called, in other spots, the Aorta Crawl, Scout Eater, and the Maze. Um, and it's around a total depth of around like 13,000, and it's 145 feet like wide. So it's it's big, and it's, it goes crazy. So Quick anecdote. I recently learned that there's also people just living in the fucking catacombs and you didn't know Italy. that that's why it's dangerous yeah, yeah I didn't know that. so that's why you're not supposed to go no it's like how people live in the subway in new york I just in the abandoned subway tunnels I thought it was dangerous it was crumbly. well it's dangerous because it's crumbly but it's also dangerous because they'll just like if you up. don't go down on an official tour on like set areas there are straight people just living there down there and if they see you they'll run up and snatch your map and flashlight and then just kind of leave you to die Mm-hmm. because these people went on a tour that was not legal and like people are getting paid money to take said illegal tour and then there was flash flooding and the catacombs flooded and no one was able to escape and they all drowned and that's also where i learned about all that so. and that's why you don't do stuff you do with that horrible information what you will sorry the caves made me think about it it's okay it's understandable So John Edward Jones, he had plenty of caving experience, but he really did more spelunking when he was a kid um, because his father took him and his younger brother all over Utah doing these caving trips. Um, He came from a big, devout Christian family, and according to his family's statement later on, he was known for his good nature, delightful sense of humor, and strong work ethic, and a genuine love of people. He had a masterful ability to relate to children, um and a love and unwavering faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and his commitment to his family and as a husband, father, and son and brother. So he was just all around like this great guy by his family. So at the time of the incident, he was studying to become a pediatric cardiologist and he had just had a kid and his wife was pregnant with their second child. So he's doing great in life, okay? He's moving up. He's doing good. So on November 24, 2009, the brothers, John and Josh, decide to rekindle their love for caving. So they were like, fuck it, let's do Nutty Putty Cave. Everybody says that shit's cool. It's like the bucket list item. Let's go. So it was so 8 p.m. Is this cave itself inherently dangerous? Or do they, I'm assuming I'll find out if they just fucked up. So the cave is dangerous if. You don't know what you're doing? Yeah. Something can go wrong. And okay. it's typically when amateurs go when it really goes wrong but like someone who's more advanced would probably in these areas would have a little bit of easier of a time but it's still very narrow to where if you're even slightly too broad you can get stuck 
don't know so why you would even risk it. People are like that. No thanks. So it was around 8 p.m., just a few days before Thanksgiving when they went to the site. They weren't alone. They had nine other friends that joined them. And by the caving standards for this, it was a very large group that entered the cave. So everything for the first hour was super smooth. Um, they explored the largest room, which is named the Big Slide, which is basically how you ascend into it. So soon, John, Josh, and two of their friends decided to take up the challenge that they had heard about, which is the birth canal, as I mentioned earlier. It's a very narrow challenging passageway and it eventually opens up to a very large room so john went first Mm, sounds really cool yeah so john went first and he you know wriggled his way in but he didn't see a larger area so he just continued to go forward because he was like okay maybe i'm just really getting into it now but it did not come to an end uh it actually just made a sharp downward turn so he's already going downwards into the earth right like kind of at like an angle and then it just goes sharp and he like falls and slides in further so he's upside down with his feet above his head at an angle he just kept fucking trying to go because he was like maybe it gets wider like he's never done this before so it really went bad like 50 feet earlier because he shouldn't have done it so they don't know exactly because kind of like some of it all goes together if he had accidentally turned in there and went into the scout eater or if he just missed the birth canal entirely Because some of these parts do have like holes in them. So you have to be careful with how you go. So I'm not exactly sure how we got down there. But he crawled into a completely different passageway. That was just next to the birth canal called Ed's Push. It does not lead to a larger room. Um, It actually doesn't go anywhere. Um, At least nowhere that a 6 foot 200 pound man can fit his body into. So he is basically heading towards nowhere. Stuck in this teeny tiny cave. So... uh, Ed's push has four uncharted passageways at the end, but they are too small for a human. Um, If he had said pushed into like the scout eater section, it had other small passageways that didn't lead anywhere, but at least would have had a little bit more room from my understanding. So in any case, he kept pushing through until he couldn't continue. And to top things off, he had wriggled into like this fissure that nearly went straight down. So once again, he was already going down. He's like straight down now. So he was unable to turn back around on his own. So now he's fucking stuck. He was trapped in something that measured 10 by 18 inches. And basically it's the size of like the opening of a standard washing machine, except it wasn't a perfect circle like we're thinking of. So it's like this weird shape that he's stuck in a hundred feet below the ground. And all he could do was sit there and hope that someone found him. So what would he even do if someone found him, though? They could at least try and call for help and get rescuers. That's true. So his brother, Josh, was following him down. She said rescuers? Widowy. Widowy. That's like my worst trait, that I start saying stuff wrong on purpose. I do sound like I have a speech impediment now. Widowy. So his brother Josh was following him um, and he was the first to find him and he was anxious of how the rock had swallowed him. So Josh tried to pull him out, but he only managed to inch him up a little bit. But as soon as he let John go, he slid right back into the crevice and even a little bit further. So he was stuck with one hand pinned underneath him and the other one forced backwards. Um, His ankles and feet were free. Um... But as gravity kept pushing him down, he kept kind of sliding because it's like wet clay. So they both set a quick pair and then Josh hurried back to the ground as fast as he could, slowly wriggling out so that way he could try and get rescuers to come and save with him. And he called for a friend to stay with 
John. The first person to arrive to help was a woman named Susan, and she was a local rescue volunteer who immediately dropped everything that she was doing when she received a message, and she pulled up to the scene. She arrived at around midnight, and it was now more than three hours since John had been trapped deep inside the cave. So she took no time to get to him because she was small and agile, and she's a rescuer, so she's she knows what the fuck she's doing. So um, I would... The second... I even thought I was stuck in a situation like this. Panic. Freak out. And he was panicking, but he was trying to stay calm. He's mm. like, if I freak out, I'm going to run out of air. No, I would have <sighs> myself so... out of air on purpose so I could just be done with the situation because my full disclosure, my older brother is a piece of shit and I don't like him. Um, used to put me in a tote and like put the lid on and sit on that bitch. Claustrophobic as fuck. All right, mm-hmm. claustrophobic as fuck because of it. Mm-hmm. So, this, mm-mm. I'm all bets are off. I'm freaking yeah. out. Same. I'm dead by the time you get to me. Same. So just start planning my funeral. I would never and be in this situation though. I'm a little too part, plump. That so part for me too. But in the event I'm ever just at the spark of a moment, decide I'm gonna go caving, and this happens to me at my funeral. Just make sure everybody listens to every single Ariana Grande album back to back before they're allowed to leave. And then they can leave. Continue. It's like a fucking 12-hour funeral. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he is reportedly very friendly and very kind. When Susie went down, she was like, hi, John. My name is Susie. How's it going? You know, just trying to talk to him, keep him calm. And he said, hi, Susie. Thank you for coming. Um, But I really, really, really want to get out. Like, please help. So within the... Next few hours, a lot of more rescuers arrive, and they quickly brainstorm a plan. They discussed looping the walls of the cave, and then they decided to use basically like a pulley system and like dig into the wall to be able to kind of lift him up by his feet since his feet were still free. At this time, they try to drill away chunks of rock near John, but the hard material and the awkward position of it made it really slow and painful for him. So they were like, okay... We're definitely just going to do the pulley. Like, that was kind of their backup. They were trying to dig him out in a sense. Mm -hmm. Wasn't working. It was making him in pain. I don't know. I feel like in a situation like that, whatever's going to be the fastest is what I'd want to do. I guess if I was said victim, because I'd rather be in pain and get some brush burns and or broken bones or something like that than actually suffocate and die. Yeah. So, well, basically, they were initially just going to, like, try and pull him. But because it's such an awkward cave system and with his feet sticking up, they really weren't going to be able to get him in, like, a good position without causing serious injury to his legs. Trying to drill into the wall was really stressful. So everything just became more and more difficult by how narrow this passage was that he was in. Even though there were plenty of rescuers, volunteers, and emergency services, John could only be accessed by one person at a time. So they had all these people there to try and help him and only one person could come in. So they were taking, quote unquote, like kind of like shifts, like they were going and swapping. When one got tired, they'd go out, another one would come in to drill these holes in the wall to try and get the pulley system to work. So he progressively kept getting work because obviously all the blood is pooling to his fucking brain, which is causing issues. So he was upside down? He's upside down with one arm trapped under his chest and one stuck upwards behind him. Fuck. So he's not in a good position and he's upside down and it's getting tight to breathe. Yeah, I know it's on brand for me once we start drinking to like forget some shit. So I'm sorry if you had Mm -hmm. already said that. 
But me and Jordan were drinking. I already said what we're drinking, but it's 20% alcohol, and I moved on to the orange creamsicle Old Smoky Moonshine, which is 17.5%, and we are both We're feeling toasted. it. Feeling it. Feeling it. So his heart had to work twice as hard against gravity because obviously all the blood's pooling in his head. So he had basically had to keep himself calm from panic and like calmness because if he panicked too much, he could potentially go into cardiac arrest because all the blood is leaving his body and his heart's working twice as hard. So he's in like a very not good situation other than already not being in a good situation. So why does turning upside down make your heart work twice as hard? Because um, your blood... Your heart can pump upwards. It's hard for it to pump it back down. So when you have all this gravity going towards your head, it's harder Mm. for your heart to pump that from the top down versus pumping upwards. I want you to know that stresses me out just a little bit because when your feet are up, then that becomes up to me. So I'm like, shouldn't your heart be able to pump the new up versus the new down? I'm not a science what you're major. Not under, so the aorta mm-hmm. is at the top, though. That's your major blood artery, which that filters the blood from the top. It pumps up and out. Gotcha. So when you're the opposite way, it's like, I got a lot to work with over here. Mm-hmm. So it's just okay. fighting for its life. It's still circulating his blood. It's just struggling. So at one point, they brought a two-way cable radio into the cave, and they were able to lower it to where he was at. So he was finally able to communicate with his wife. And they were both just trying to comfort each other while talking on the phone. But at this point, he had been trapped upside down for 19 hours. So now we're getting to a critical point. He is really going to start struggling soon. So everything changed when they finally finished installing the pulley system and they began to pull him out. So they worked in an eight-man team, tugging all at once. And John at times was in great pain, so they made frequent pauses. But each time they pulled, they managed to get him up just a little bit more. So See, they're starting to yank him out. That's a great pain part. Like you're already in great pain because your head hurts because you're upside down. So your again, arm hurts because they're trapped. Yeah. But keep in mind, he's already constricted and losing feeling. And then they're forcefully yanking him by his feet up through a tight, narrow space. Ugh, you know what I mean? So he yeah. and his one arm's trapped downwards, one arm's trapped upwards. So, so he's getting fucking like scrape. Yeah. Burn shit. He's the whole time. literally like kind of just having his body pulled in all kinds of different directions because he's stuck in this weird position as well. Because the one arm's down by his chest, one's behind him. And as they're yanking him up, he's just like getting crunched even worse. We were not meant to go caving. No. So after pulling the third time, he was finally lifted enough so that he can make eye contact with the rescuer that was closest to him and one of the holes that they made to be able to speak with him. Um, he looked tired, his eyes were red, and his face was dirty, but he seemed okay otherwise. The guy asked him, how are you? And he said, it sucks, I'm upside down, and I can't believe I'm upside down. My legs are killing me. So the rescuer saw that even though he was complaining, he had a smile on his face. He was still hopeful. They had another rest, and they decided to continue pulling him up because he was almost there. When the rescuer team pulled John upward for the fourth time, something happened. The entire team fell backward as the rope suddenly went loose in their hands, and the closest rescuer felt something hard hit his face, and he passed out. When they came to, he saw nothing but dust, and once the dust settled, they realized the stone arch that was near his legs where the rope was tied around shattered, and the nearest key bolt broke off. He couldn't make out in the dust exactly where John was, but as soon as they realized, John had slid right down into the crevice again, and this time even deeper than he originally was. 
So the rescuer got hit with the pulley system, suffered severe facial injuries by the impact, and he couldn't continue his rescue efforts, and he had to switch places with his dad, who was also on the rescue team. And when he reached on, he realized that his breathing was much more shallow and very less frequent. He was really struggling to stay alive at this point. I remember he started to get free, and now he's constricted again. Mm. So despite... What they had tried to do before, um, he tried to lower himself into the crevice to put the rope around his waist, but he got stuck himself, and he was able to wiggle himself free, and he drilled a new hole for the pulley, and then he crawled out of the cave exhausted, and he was replaced by another one who reached on but couldn't make contact with him. So they're trying again, but I mean, it took them over eight hours to put that first pulley system in place. So they're going to try again, because they're like, we got to get this guy out of here. So since that other rescuer couldn't make contact with him, a medical professional crawled down to the cave and reached John, and at midnight of November 25th, he was pronounced dead, and he was only 26 years old. No, that sucks. So it took a total of 137 rescuers who worked really hard for 27 hours to save John and had to leave the site empty and with heavy hearts. One of them told the media that it was his toughest rescue in 29 years of being on the volunteer search and rescue team. The next day, the authorities determined that it would be too dangerous and difficult to get him out of the cave, so Nutty Putty Cave will forever remain the final resting place of John Edward Jones. After a week, they decided to close Nutty Putty Cave to the public permanently, and it has been sealed ever since. But his family did put a plaque outside of the entrance of the cave for his memory, and they did seal him in as well. How'd they seal him in? Like, what do you mean? They, like, covered it up. His spot. Okay. Like, they kind of buried him in it, and they closed Nutty Putty down. Okay. Well, yeah. So, unfortunately, he passed, but... That's very sad. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it just gives not, me claustrophobia. There's a lot more details caving. about the rescue and stuff. Like, I know that people have covered it and stuff, but it's just very... It stresses me out because I don't like it, but... It just, like, it's horrible that this happened to him, but it's good to hear as, like, a reminder, like, if that can happen to somebody, it can happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, you know, that stuff is for people who are advanced and serious and, you know, sucks that they were trying to do, like, this family friend bonding thing again and yeah, I know. it just and didn't work out the way the they way wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully his family's doing well. I hope they're doing okay. I hope his kids learn about him from his wife and the family so and it sucks he never got to meet a second kid that does really suck that's awful yeah really sad but anywho it's go ahead and take it my away my hobbies queen. stay above the ground of, yeah my hobbies stay on above the, the earth's crust and consist of gaming and watching tv for the most part I do thoroughly enjoy swimming, and I want to go scuba diving. I know that could end similarly in many ways. You are ways. crazy. I hate going past my knees because I'm like, what's I near love me? swimming. Love I swimming. like swimming in like a I pool. I prefer swimming in a pool, yes, so yeah, I can so see I can what's see. going on. But I would like to go scuba diving sometime because I do love ocean life. And then my Ugh. toxic trait is seeing all of the, peop- the professional divers on TikTok just go and put their hand on a shark's nose and casually push it away from them. And thinking, I could do that with no problem. One of my, I mean, I guess I could still consider her my other mom, but um, she's the woman. I've talked to you about her, but she has had this stage for ovarian cancer forever. It's all over. And, like, she's finally at the point where they're really on the last experimental treatments they can do. She loves to go diving with the great white sharks. Like, that is her favorite fucking thing to do. That sounds wonderful. She's fucking, she's badass. And she sometimes, I think she went without a cage once. Like, she was just in there with them. 
But I mean, like, what it? She don't got much to lose. Yeah, but also. Well, I mean, she does have a lot to lose because she has lived quite a long time past what they thought she was going to. So. I apologize deeply for the ice cube ASMR as I drink my drink. I really don't know what witchcraft to perform to make that not happen, but it's, it's just what's happening. It's called a straw. That's true, but you didn't offer me a straw, and it's your house. I'm about to cut the mics. She didn't offer me a straw, but whatever. Riley wants to pop some popcorn, so we'll be back shortly. We have returned, and I now have a straw, and I took the last little sip with said straw because that's all that was left in my cup. With a comically loud noise. (laughs) No longer need any more alcohol for the night because I need to drive home, so I need to unalcohol for the rest of this episode. Not (laughs) unalcohol. You mean sober up. (laughs) Unalcohol for the rest of this episode as well as... I just need you guys to know there's some behind-the-scenes shit going on that is too fucking funny for me. Me and Jordan are both way too toasty after having been laughing quite a while about some dumb shit. I just need someone to explain to me how your registration enters your glove box. It comes comes out out looking like the Declaration of Independence, but on fire with bullet holes. (laughs) Yes. That's all I need. Life hacks. Like some I fucking five, five minute, minute crafts, crafts would have a field day shit. with trying to get their shit to look like that. Anyway. And, ha- and in pieces. It's in half as well. I like to cover current things some more frequently than not. So I have two current day shits going on. Once straight up I'm reading the article because it's very quick and there was no point in me retyping the shit in my own words in any capacity and then one's an actual brief little story Mm, so mm, mm, mm. this article was published on october 24th 2023 on the i don't know if it's supposed to be wow but it's w-o-w-t.com wow yeah and it's from from six news it is titled omaha police investigating trio of michael myers mask assaults robberies so Omaha police say they've reported a trio of calls about suspicious activity Monday evening, all with similar motives and possibly the same suspect. Descriptions of all three incidents describe the suspect as arriving or departing in an older gray or silver sedan. They also gave the same suspect description, including the white Halloween mask they were wearing. Witnesses to one incident described it as a Michael Myers mask they first well, the first call came in shortly after 6 p.m. in the area of 105th Street and Mockingbird Drive. The victim told officers the person was armed with a hammer and demanded her cell phone. Another call was made 15 minutes later. This one near 90th and L Streets. The person was again armed with a hammer and chased the victim for a short distance. When the victim returned to where the chase began, he found his car window had been smashed. The, th- the third incident, I'm stuttering a little bit because alcohol is like. All I can think of is this shoddy. man spent money on Halloween and he was like, I got to get my money's worth. I guess so. So the third incident was called in just after 7 p.m. at a home near 102nd and Harrison Streets. According to police, the attacker assaulted a man walking through the neighborhood. After the attack, the man reported his wallet had been stolen. And it just says, if you know anything about these incidents, you are asked to call Omaha Crime Stoppers at 
four 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 stop hammer and- time <laughs> So, Danielle, if you happen to know anything about what's going on here. You need to call them at stop. So, I was supposed to inform you guys that Danielle did say that my new haircut looks good. And it does. Because I got highlights and a haircut. He looks handsome. We retired the mullet. I also need to inform you that Danielle tried to say that she's our only fan when we have Germany and Abby backing us up. So... When she hears and the one person who sent us an email and we do know who you are even though you're a liar and thank you for serving my friend sam who put her her middle name is on her facebook but i'm not gonna say it but her middle name also happens to be the first name of the email that we got that told us we were and it also says c3 podcast fan at At, gmail so it is specifically a burner just to tell us that we were doing good i appreciate the boost in confidence thank you it really made my whole day i was like oh my god we got an email i want you to know once upon a time because me and this girl went to high school together we're still very good friends talk every day she like smacked me in the fucking eyeball from behind going down the steps in high school and we had a, a thing called a snack shack so you can go up and spend your little lunch money on extra snacks and stuff and she asked me to get her a rice krispie treat this was the same day when she smacked me in the eye i was so fucking mad i wouldn't talk to her for the entire lunch period until the end when she asked me to get her a rice krispie treat and i sat down and i whipped that shit like a kunai knife and it hit her right in the eyebrow and i felt better after that i just want everybody to know that the fake email sender is also my friend and she got hit with a rice krispie treat she repented for her sins instant karma anyways now i have an actual story that i did type myself i don't remember where it came from i think it was from true crime daily is where i initially found it but it's not where i got my information from so on december 21st 1988 the body of a five-year-old girl was found encased in concrete and it was in like a dresser of some form Mm -hmm. she would become known as baby jane doe and the case would then remain unsolved for 35 years the body was found in millwood georgia evidence found at the scene included an albany herald newspaper albany was 100 miles west of millwood and this is albany georgia because i was really confused i was like georgia and new york are not close to each other (laughs) at all i was just like "Mm." so there was national media coverage and they were comparing the body of this child to missing children all around the country to see if like it had any matches and then unfortunately at the time no suspect was identified so in 2019 modern dna tracing techniques determined the child was from a family in albany georgia then in 2022 a tip came in after news coverage of the story's anniversary and the woman who gave the tip believed that she was a child that had gone missing, but the mother said the child went to live with her father, and this woman had just never believed that story, which I feel like 35 years is a long time to just have a seat on that information and wait to tell them anything about it. I mean, the truth. That's not a truth I want to live. The body ended up being that of Kenyatta Kiki Adam. I don't know if I want to It's O-D-O-M for her last name. Mm-hmm. They arrested the mother, Zemeka Luciana, who was 56 years old, and her live-in boyfriend at the time, which is Eulister Sanders, who's now 61. I don't think they're together still. They were born, they were both from Albany, Georgia, and are being charged with um, 
felony murder, first degree, child cruelty, aggravated battery, concealing the death, and conspiracy to conceal the death. And then they both remain in custody, but it is now officially ongoing. But I'm assuming that they're both going to be charged because they. So do we know like any reason for a motive? They all I know from what I can read online is that they think they are pretty sure that they were the culprits. I can't imagine what the motive was, but that's fucking disgusting. But I'm glad that even though it's 35 years later that this she little baby is going to get her yeah. justice and especially being encased those, in concrete in a fucking yeah, dresser like awful. that's fucking disgusting her, to do somebody so i don't remember where the trucker found her but a trucker did find her oh my and god her that's body even was worse. like they wrapped her in something encased it in concrete put it in said cabinet thing and then a trucker found it but i will update everybody hopefully when we find out whether these people get arrested slash i hope they go to jail because rotten hell too five-year-old little baby did to deserve anything exist so i'm actually going to be this is going to be the next episode that i release so if you're hearing this currently i we did end up recording two episodes that i'm just a dumb no i think it was one episode and i'm a dumb bitch and haven't gotten edited yet because i started a new work job and then Men are men sometimes. A work job. Not my boyfriend. My relationship is going well. Um, <laughs> but I have a new job. I work overnights. And some shit's just happening sometimes. And I'm a little tired. And I got a little depressed. And I haven't had time to edit. But me and Jordan were already planning on taking a brief break anyways. So once this episode's released, I'll probably get the last old episode edited I get the bonus content up. I'm going to make it a point to not charge whoever's on the Patreon. Danielle, Chrissy, and my friend Ashley, I think, are the only three on there. So the people that don't even listen to the bonus content, I will still get the bonus content posted. I don't even think they listen to the regular content other than Danielle. I'm going to get it posted, though. <laughs> and then me and Jordan are going to be taking a break until January. When we come back... I think we said the second week of January it's to be officially determined because I have vacation. She's just got life and the holidays are coming up. When we come back, there will be higher quality because I'm looking into a software for improving background noise and stuff like that since we both live somewhere that has a number of other people living with us. And I like to believe we'll have, yeah, it'll just be better content, better quality. Better pizza, Papa John's. Save money, live better. Walmart. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Cover girl. Period. But <laughs> I'm going to. We're going to do better. I'll just do better. Be better. Marketing and all that jazz. We're going to so, achieve our podcasting dreams. I will actually see you next year. And that's on murder. Period, bitches. Mm-hmm.